The Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Just Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. For the first time ever on Longhorn Blitz, and we've been doing this podcast since 2012, we have a game to talk about on actual, not like where the Big 12 is playing just regular season games, but on championship week, we have a football game to talk about. Gentlemen, the stakes don't get much higher than this. It's Texas and Oklahoma. It moves west to Arlington and AT&T Stadium. Texas looking for the program's first conference championship since 2009. Oklahoma win, and they're probably maybe in to the college football playoff. I think they're in. Yeah. I think if they win, they're in. I think they're in, too. Yeah. I think America wants to see this OU offense if they win versus a Clemson defense or an Alabama defense. I want to see Nick Saban try to stop Kyler Murray. That's what I'm I want to see, exactly. To. I want yeah. to see Nick Saban. Brent Venables, too. Yeah. I would love to see that. Brent Venables has the pieces to do it. I would love to see them. Give them a shot at it. And if they can't do it, then let's all laugh yeah. and watch the world burn. Because <laughs> everybody you know I mean? yells about defense. Because <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? then our defense would truly be dead. Honestly, if Texas is going to lose, that's kind of the, the narrative that I want to see. But you know what would be even better, Rod? It's if Texas is hoisting that Big 12 championship trophy at the end of 60 minutes nothing on Saturday. Be, if you're A&M sweet. and LSU at the end of seven overtimes, whatever it hey, takes. Hey, let me say this, Aggies. That was the most exciting <laughs> Aggie football game I've ever watched in my life. It was pretty nuts. I was yelling. I'm not going to lie. Like, I've never watched one. And I was on the sideline yeah, for he, the last Texas, Texas A&M game. And, I've ne- and that was a damn good game. That yeah, was you can see game. Rod B behind Tucker sitting exactly. there. <laughs> I've never watched a more exciting game. So kudos. That was a hell, that was a, it was a hell of a game to watch. Who got screwed over and who got shafted, all that kind of stuff. We can talk when about I, that later. But that was a great game to watch, man. When damn, I have to think fun. about exciting A&M games and I've got to go back 20 fun. years, yeah, that's mm. probably – Fun, most fun I've had. I'm yeah. a Longhorn fan. Yeah. All right? I you have a lot played of, for the University of I Texas. I played for UT, so I love beating the Aggies. And dog, I've never had more fun watching a game. Found myself randomly rooting for the Aggies, but I was rooting for the state of Texas more so than the Aggies. Let me say that. You're good. You're a good Texan. Right? And I just loved that it worked out because I remember back in the day when it was the previous longest game ever, and they had to institute this two point conversion rule after the third to prevent uh, it yeah, from that, going they six start or with seven. That rule, dude. Yeah. Two point yeah. conversion rule should be from the jump. Yep. I think the NFL needs to adopt the, the college rule and do that too, because then that man basically the overtime will be over after one or two overtimes easy. That's why better, this one was so great. Idea. Because yeah. it just kept going, they wouldn't answer. Good. They would. I got a better idea for overtime: how to yeah. how to improve it, and so you don't get a seven overtime game. No field goals. You're in four down territory the entire overtime. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's even better. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Agree. I already gave it to you at the twenty five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No field goals. No field goals. I agree with that. No field goals, and you have to go for two. We're just putting pressure yeah. on it. Boom. Who gives a damn? Well, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. We want this over. Whoever has, you know I mean? If you couldn't settle it in 60 minutes, you don't minutes. get to dictate the terms yeah. at that well, point. Well, and exactly. the players out there now playing 60-plus minutes don't want it to come down to a kicker at that well, point. Well, we, you know? we want as many pressure-packed situations as possible, so I agree with that. No field goals. Yeah. And you know, don't really the kicker can go sit down, kicker can yeah. go to the locker room. Go We're done it. with you. We're done with your kicker. I've already <laughs> said that. I'm not, We're it's done. not like no, I, I totally disrespect no a whole group of people, but kickers, I could ba- I'd just banish them from football and I'd be totally fine. You yeah. don't, I mean, it's I like the quickest this. way to do it. <laughs> All right, yeah. we've talked enough Aggie related uh stuff here <laughs> on the show for to last us a lifetime. Shout out, Aggies. But yeah. uh, so the Texas Kansas game, guys, wasn't near that exciting. It was what it was on Black Friday. We all said it doesn't matter what it looks like, how it happens. 
just go to Lawrence, get the win, get on the plane, and come back and get ready for the Big 12 it championship game. <laughs> it, it was, was bowling shoe ugly at Man, times. It was ugly, yeah. U-G-L-Y, no, agli- no alibi. But ugly. Texas gets the win, and uh, Rod, I'll start. Actually, this is Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team and do our formal introduction here before we get going for those of you who are new to the show. Uh, he is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing very well, and I was very happy to see that on the Thanksgiving night you were introduced to a hilarious show by the name of Brockmeyer. Your tweet was cracking me up whenever uh, I was reading that you were in a hotel room in Kansas trying to get up to the Kansas game the next morning. I was actually at Kevin Flaherty's house, our national ah. college basketball writer, who's uh, one of my best friends in the business. I stayed at Kevin's house. And nice. shout, out, shout out to Kevin and his wife, Whitney. They went out to a really nice steakhouse in, uh, in the Kansas City metro area on Thanksgiving. Uh, I was on a plane and could not make that meal, but they brought me back a to-go plate, so I had That's some killer. prime rib and turkey mm. and like two different kinds of potatoes. And, yeah, so it was awesome. Uh, but yes, I did discover Brockmeyer. I don't know if there's a better like opening ten minutes to a series ever. Yeah, and what I remember being in sports radio and Hank Azaria, the guy from The Simpsons that created it, he used to go and do radio hits as this Brockmeyer character, and just yeah. with no context, and it's just your most foul play-by-play. Imagine Craig Way, who's right here, if he was a foul-mouth heathen of the world that is just after a breakdown trying to stay in the loop. I can't and picture it, that. Look next door. Look at Craig Way. Look how much. Of a professional, we can look through the glass right now. He, is a professional. he has his wisdom glasses on. Right we yeah. got our hats on different between the two, but yes, uh, Brock Meyer, uh, that <laughs> show. I mean, he, he seeing Azaria, he'll do whole hours of talk shows in that character. Now it's almost like he's a uh, character form actor, it's pretty good. A man who once upon a time carried a four hour talk show by himself, which is no simple feat. Uh, now you get him two hours each and every weekday. Uh, like on the it. horn, on the broadcast from 1 to 3. He is our lockdown corner here on the show. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-America 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, into 40 acres where he earned his degree. When he gets his T-ring back, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, Rod, before, we get, answer, the, before we get to the Kansas game, Big 12 championship game, you played in two of these. One in 1999 yeah. as a true freshman, one in 2001 against Colorado. Both rematches. Both rematches for yeah. a regular season game That's that true. you guys won the regular season matchup, lost, lost the conference the championship yeah, game. Crazy. Let's not spend too much time on 2001 because I don't want to jump out of the window onto 360 hmm. here in the studio. It's been a well-chronicled one. It's a damn shame. But, Rod, what are, what are the challenges damn of facing shame. a team twice in the same year? Well, it depends. I, I guess it depends on what side of that mm-hmm. equation you might be on. I mean, obviously Oklahoma, they're on the different side of the equation. There's some there's some angst there. You can tell it's bo- it, it's bothered them. It's in their head a little bit. Uh, you talked about that on 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 uh, the broadcast yesterday when we were, uh, you know, kind of rapping during the breaks. And you know, I think for for us, we I, I don't think we prepared as well as we should have for. Number one for that Colorado game because we blew Colorado out of the water, and not saying we took them lightly, but obviously we we didn't execute as well coming out. There wasn't the focus and the precision uh, when we came out like we beat them in the first time. And essentially, it was a home game for us because we were playing in Texas. I believe the first play of that game was game. when B.J. Johnson stole the ball from Roy Williams' spot, if my memory serves correctly. Which is kind of a weird kind of play. And remember, Mike Williams and Cedric Benson. Benson end up having this weird Benny Hill, Three Stooges moment where make a after Chris Sims throws a pick, they try to make a tackle, they run into one another, and both of them get hurt. It was a weird, strange game. Major comes in, and even then, we probably should have won the game, and it came down to the wire, and... I hate to say it, kind of the weird Aggie thing. We ran out of time, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was it was just, one game simple. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was one. I think we I think we may have taken it for granted. Even right before that game, we knew if we won that game, we could have gone to the national title. I'm not gonna say that affected us, but it definitely didn't. I don't know if it helped everybody. I should say that. I don't know if it helped everybody psyche. It got me excited. I was pumped. I was pumped. Yeah. I was like, man, we won a national title. This is what we worked for. This is it. This is why I came to Texas. Mm-hmm. All we got to do out here is beat the hell out of Colorado. Who somebody we already beat. Man, get let me the hell out of this locker room because I'm about to beat the hell out of somebody. Like seriously, you know what I mean? And I don't think I think other people put more pressure on themselves. And you um, made you time. made Gary Barnett look like a fool for calling a fake punt and throwing it to your side of the field. 
and which was a, a dumb play by them. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they were melting down at one point because I don't think they believed yeah. they could beat Texas. I think mean, one point they, they were like, like, "Oh my God, what the hell is going on here? How do we sustain this?" Well, they had this? just done okay, this. You know what? Let's just call a fake punt. Fake yeah. punt. It's like, uh, <laughs> well, what do you mean? Right? <laughs> and they just called a fake punt because it started to melt down for them because they weren't. We were a better team, but in football, the better team does not always win, as we know. That's the better team on that day, and they were the better team on that day. Well, Texas was the better team than Kansas on Friday in the regular season finale. Texas wins 24-17. Rod, there's not a lot of sexiness to talk about with this game. Uh, Again, it kind of was what it was. You just needed to go up there and get the win. But let's start with the Texas defense, who really, other than one long run and one drive at the end of, towards the end of regulation, where you had a lot of backups in, you saw a lot of Anthony Cook on the field, Joseph Osai playing more reps. Uh, That was a touchdown drive by Kansas and a 57-yard run by Puka Williams. Defense actually played really well. Uh, You got a really big game from Jeffrey McCulloch. I already mentioned Joseph Osai, uh, who played a lot and was actually surprisingly effective setting the edge in the run game. Charles Amenahu gets a sack. Uh, Kansas got nothing going in the passing game all day, really, until the end of the game. Like I said, when you started putting some backups in and maybe you were just trying to make them bleed some clock. So, Rod, we'll start with the defense, man. And second week in a row, uh, you're not really playing an offense with true air raid DNA like a West Virginia or an Oklahoma or a Texas Tech, but still, well, nevertheless. Beatty's Beatty's an air raid guy. Well, Beatty's, Beatty, Beatty's a spread guy. He worked with, uh, Beatty, I worked with Mangino for a while, and he worked with uh, Sumlin for a while. He's got some of that in him. You know not, what I mean? Not in the sense that, like, Cliff Kingsbury He's not a direct does. descendant. Right. He's not exactly from the tree, but. The, the point is. He's plucked some knowledge. If, he's plucked a little knowledge. If you're looking it. at this Texas defense, yeah. Uh, you couldn't really think of a better way for them to. After that rut we all talked about in the middle of the season, and that's not pretty. It's not great. You look back at that, and yes, it is terrible. But to put together two really pretty good performances in a row going into this Oklahoma game, if you're Todd Orlando, you I think you have to like the fact that at least your guys kind of took a deep breath, let it out, and got back to playing the, tie, the brand of football we saw towards the end of last year and towards the first part of this season. Yeah, um, they still miss too many tackles, honestly, against Kansas. Uh, Kansas doesn't have the athleticism to take advantage of it. We're just being critical here. Um, but the defense obviously played well right. enough for them to win. Uh, I think they missed close to like, 16, 17 tackles in that yeah. game that I counted. Uh, that's getting close to what you were missing against you know, uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. You, and, and against Oklahoma – and I could probably go back and, and count the, you know, missed tackles against Oklahoma. But there weren't as many against Oklahoma. Actually, a lot of the plays were just kind of big bus plays where guys mm-hmm. were wide open in space. Like that Kyler Murray run, <laughs> I think they were like only – it's only like one missed tackle. The angles were so damn bad. There you go. I was about guys to say. didn't get to – But that's what Kyler Murray does. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think there was one at the line of scrimmage. Then after that, the angles were so bad, it was just like – And I was like, well, he's three yards away. Can I count that as a missed tackle? Or is he superhuman? Like when you outrun angles like those Tyreek. Kill yeah. angles. You see so, some so people where it's like, well, oh my God. Yeah, so I think against Oklahoma, it is going to be crucial that, you know what I mean, that they, and that was one of the big things, and Todd Orlando talked about it the last two weeks. Hey, they've gotten back to uh, a lot of contact and practice. That's a short week, though. Let me just say that. That's a tough week, man. A short week against anybody is just tough. Mm-hmm. You know I, I mean? would doubt and you won a lot of contact on Monday. But they said Tuesday. they did. They said they w- they had a padded practice, and I'm with you. I like that's just a tough week. I don't. I, I think if they if they did have the pads on, that was it. There wasn't any smacking going on. They just had the pads and on. And coming off, you know, I mean, like, we had the pads But either on. way, I mean, they yeah. still tried so, it during the short yeah. week, which coming, is a and, lot of physical. Coming off of other than Oklahoma, mm-hmm. what is and maybe TCU what is going to be your most physical game of the year against Iowa State, given their personnel and their style of play. So you you combine all that, a night game against Iowa State, combined with a short week, yeah, you can see. But, Rod, one thing I'm concerned about with the defense, you bring up missed tackles. It was 17 officials. And, and, and I wanted to go there. It seems like they're, you know, between the hashes and the box isn't where big plays are getting popped against this defense. It's still concerning to me. A lot of your missed tackles are coming on the perimeter. And that's yeah. a spread. That's, well, that's the goal the teams of it. Are, yeah, the teams are just trying to get out there to the edge. And let's be honest, man, Puka, he's just kind of waiting to pop. I mean, you, he's you the one holding your breath <laughs> the whole time. Like, uh, 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 uh. like he, he was, he was, he was the one guy that can make you miss tackles. And he find, when that one he popped, hell, it didn't, even, it didn't look like he was going to take it to the house. And then it was like even Caden Stearns, one of our best athletes, was mm-hmm. like, 
Uh, okay, I'm not catching this dude. And it's like, wow. Okay. Caden Stearns <laughs> thought he had an angle until he quickly realized. <laughs> until, like, yeah, realized yeah. Oh, this dude is a, oh, he has different beats. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, so I give him that. I, I will say this about I love the way, since I talked about Caden Stearns, I love the way that now they're using Caden Stearns uh, and even using, I think Brandon Jones has always played closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, B.J. Foster, too, but now Caden Stearns is becoming a big part of that, and he's making more plays around the line of scrimmage. Well, it's a variation. tackles for a loss. Yeah, I think, I think it's just, like I said, I think it's a disservice to him when you put him as a deep middle fielder and just leave him there all the time. Um, he, there are times for that, and there are times that you can move him down. When you Puka was the only threat, they started moving those guys down, and that's how they main, uh, pretty much were, were able to neutralize him um, and maintain the good rush defense for most of the game. Yeah, and that's a great point right there with Stearns, and it's sort of how we were talking about in the middle of the season. You know, what's Orlando going to do to change up the looks that you give? Because it's sort of the whole goal is trying to keep the confusion on the offense and yeah. seeing just the evolution of, say, either Orlando or the skills of Stearns, but then to have that. So it does become predictable if he's always the high safety, and then the, it makes yeah. a lot of the calculation pre-snap by the quarterback so exactly much right. easier. So just a little bit that you put in there, show the versatility is just enough to engage the mind of the offense to maybe get some confusion down the road. And uh, he's doing that with other guys. Anthony Cook got a sack. Mm-hmm. He was playing a dying position. And when we talked about sack, this against right? Iowa State. Yeah. All and the then, DBs that were getting yeah, the Yeah, and it's like plays. now it's time to start cross-training guys. So maybe he's listening to us or maybe he's just deciding, oh, these are five-star prodigies. Why the hell would I compartmentalize them by just playing mm-hmm. them at one position? You know, who knows what these guys are going to, what they're going to grow into? They're just great athletes that are some of the best athletes in the country who are just playing safety and playing corner. So I think that was really good. First time I've seen Anthony Cook playing that position. Um, I could be wrong. I got to go back and watch the film, but I've never seen him play there. And he's definitely never been as impactful there, actually getting a sack in that game. So he's playing, and we talked about Malcolm Roach, who's now still playing at times in that dime package, that defensive tackle position when they line up uh, Minahu wide, which is actually where Anthony Cook gets the sack. I believe it's it's that formation. So he, he's yeah, I agree. It's subtle, but that's different than what they were doing versus Oklahoma in the first game. And even in the first game, they were still able to confuse and discombobulate Kyler Murray in that game. So I do like that multiplicity now going into the second matchup. Yeah, the the Anthony Cook sack. Looking at it on the right? replay, he was like a line. He was lined what up was he, basically as a is linebacker. It dime? Is he playing the dime? Though? It was kind of. It was a dime. Right? Because like he's not because PJ Lock is in there. Too. Like dime, you're in dime too. personnel. He's, so he's playing basically that dime. But position. he's playing. He's playing like a middle linebacker look. So this is Todd Orlando's right? like he's, just he's, kind of tinkering with getting some freaky with it, man. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's Kansas, so you can get away with that. That's true too. But, <laughs> but no. But listen, <laughs> but, but that's maybe point. that's something we talk about when you're getting ready to play Oklahoma in the challenge of facing the second team twice. As much misinformation as mm-hmm. you can throw out there. Point. If it's a formation like, hey, even if you're making GAs spend a couple hours, hey, go back and watch their film, see if they run that formation any other time yeah or see which is what i gotta go do yeah exactly <laughs> so um it's just a different you know I, I like you guys know me i mean i'd say hey look throw a wildcat package or something out there just so somebody has to waste practice periods and waste Agreed. practice time yeah thinking about are they going to run this and if they are we need to be prepared for it kind of deal. and then we talked about in the iowa state game how much you saw the uh pressure coming from the dbs and that havoc coming from the back seven even including the linebackers if you look at this kansas game there is one havoc play from malcolm roach all the others are from DBs. Except for you have two or three from McCulloch, everything else coming from the back end, two from Foster, Stearns, Jones. So it's been consistent. Takes us up to top five in the nation when it talks about defensive backs bringing the pressure on quarterbacks. Rod, you've slowly converted me onto the Caden Stearns needs to be moved around more thing. And I think at this point, to me, when you watch his skill set, you watch how how much he can impact the game. Mm -hmm. He's more in that that Kenny Vaccaro, Earl Thomas kind of multi. Dimensional type yeah. guy, and to me, just having him, just having him play a high safety. I said it on the broadcast, and I'll say it again, and I'll, I'll use the analogy. It's like having a Ferrari and driving it at twenty miles an hour. Ain't no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, is like I think it's you're you're hurting his development, but I think you're also hurting yourself because. He's a like I said, he's a prodigy, man. You're like, deducing him to being just yeah. a tool player, and people not. are like, "Whoa, don't you can't put too much on him because he's a freshman." I'm like, when you have a prodigy, a young person that is really uh, showing that they have high level achievement at a really young age, you don't say, 
Well, no, Don't let's let's make sure we only they, they they're in third grade, even though they're reading at a fifth grade level. Let's make sure we only give them third grade reading material. No, no you put them in fifth grade. You, you put go, them in you know seventh what? grade. Put them in fifth. Yeah, you go. You know what? No, no, no. You're high achieving. We're gonna challenge you even more, and then therefore we, we we're gonna watch you uh, uh, not only excel because of those challenges, but that's gonna help you grow at an exponential rate. So yeah, you're actually slowing down his development. Anthony Cook, same thing, and B.J. Foster, same thing. Because of five stars, man. Like it was early. Yeah, the guy, crazy. the guy they that were all, like all, the top guys in the nation. The great, yeah. We talk about like the greats, but like think about a guy like Adrian Phillips. Like how quickly Rod was coaching Keena telling you, no, this guy can play all six. Yeah, I remember field safety boundary, that. safety field corner, boundary corner, yeah. dime nickel. Look at him in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, yeah. NFL career. undrafted, I believe. Right, undrafted. Yeah. Well, but there you go. He got to a training camp, and somebody was like, "Damn." Picking up every every position like that. Let's move him around. NFL coach went. Let's move him around again. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. Move him around. Boom. Philip Rivers Boom. was probably just watching yeah. Texas ahead, and that number twenty out there is pretty good. Yeah. So you, let's go to the offense. And oh, real uh, quick about the defense. One other thing. Go for uh, they've gotten was it six turnovers? The defense six takeaways the last uh, three weeks. I believe you're correct on that. They got three against Tech. They got. Yep, two. Uh, two against Iowa State and one against Kansas. So that's six the last three weeks. I believe, if yes. I'm not mistaken, four of them have been in the red zone. Uh, that that's would be the three against Tech, yes, and the McCulloch mm-hmm. interception, yes, so, four in the red zone. Um, what the, what they're fifth right now in the country in red zone defense. They're leading the Big 12 in red zone defense. I found that the only uh, like statistical area defensively where the Big 12 actually has at least four teams ranked in the top 20 Red zone defense because the defensive coordinators are figuring out, all right, you know what? I cannot stop these these teams in between the 20s. But once that field shrinks, once those dimensions shrink a little bit, and then, you know what I mean, then I actually can can can, can apply pressure but also cover, mm-hmm. right, because I don't have to worry about the deep ball and I got the end zone and the sideline to help me out. They become my friend. At that point, that's when I, I throw my funky stuff in there. That's when I actually – Put up my my go my stand, if you will. That's when I make my stand. Everything other than that, mm-hmm. I think they're almost just setting themselves up for the red zone. Yeah. They're almost setting yeah. the offense up for. All right, wait till we get in the red yeah. zone. You're gonna think you see the same. Which thing, is why but you're not gonna see. And the same did you thing. see the craziest, you know I mean? the and, best? And, and by the way, sorry, sorry, interrupt. It's it's the most progressive defensive coordinators in the Big Twelve. Tournament. It's Iowa State. It's Texas. Todd Orlando. It's uh, David Tech. Gibbs at Texas Tech. Doing a good job of it. I believe Kansas was right there in the running, but uh, I think Oklahoma State actually was a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. Yes. Um, he also is also uh, in that category. That's why one of the things that you know I, I bring up when you're playing these spread offenses, the thing that people don't look at, right, and why missed tackles are an important stat. If you just, on chunk plays, especially chunk passing plays, if you just stop the ball right when, right when the catch happens or you're in a position to – you know, limit yards yeah. after catch. That that oftentimes is the biggest difference between winning and losing because if yeah, they're when you're playing Oklahoma, you're playing Texas Tech, you're playing West Virginia. I mean, they're going to get some twenty and thirty yard passes, but the key yep. is don't let that thirty five yard completion become a seventy yard touchdown. Exactly right. And that's a big thing whenever you look at some of these games and we talk about the bend, don't break philosophy that you start to see employed and the idea of stealing a possession back. But it was, uh, I think, the Buccaneers three weeks ago. It was when Ryan Fitzpatrick, they had 501 yards of total offense and three points because they turned yeah. it over in the red zone every time. And it was just the perfect example exactly of right. how you can go all you want in well, between Texas the 20s. Tech. But you can't, e- exactly, yeah. and you cannot do the same thing in that small window. And that's why Texas has the baseline of a Ellinger above the defense to LJ and to Colin, and then Ellinger in a play when you lose, you can run. So you can throw the ball in a plane that yeah. nobody can defend, and then you have the extension of a play if you lose it, and that's invaluable in the red zone. Yeah. No, I just, I just want to point out this defense. And you know what they're really good at? Gotta get, where's my stuff? Oh, here it is. Okay. Let me make sure I get this right. Rod shuffling through papers. No, no, right? no, yeah. no, and that isn't like the radio gimmick where you no, hear like Jim Rome <laughs> shuffling. It's like, no, Rod's really no. just trying to get his papers. Uh, so also, they're really good at, I think red zone defense is a part of this um, or a trait of it. And we don't talk about this enough. Sudden change defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Todd Orlando's really good at it, man. Like, that's one of the things that we don't talk about enough. We're really hard on Todd Orlando. That Quick means turnover. you got to think on your feet. That means, you know what you I mean? you got a like, tired defense happens, out there. Right? Oh, get out there. All right. You grab your damn. You like Robbie shuffling through papers. All what right, yard you know, line uh, are we at? Right, 34 yard line, 34 yard line. All right. Let me go. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's quick thinking. It's critical thinking. It's uh, right there on your feet. 
points off turnovers, uh, one of the keys to Tom Herman's success uh, so far, and as Tyler Lamb's a big uh, part of this, been able to limit uh, points off turnovers. Since Tom Herman got here, uh, Texas has committed 28 turnovers on offense, right? So they've, they've lost the ball 20, 28 times. They've only allowed 31 points. And one of those came in the Kansas game. Right, the turnover, mm-hmm. the interception gets Kansas right down there, close in the red zone, and then Jeffrey McCullough gets you the get interception. It right back. You know what I mean? So it's some it's something about Todd Orlando when he gets the sudden change, knows the sudden change plus the red zone. He's really good at it. So let's give him props for that. We've been hard on the man, but man, sudden change defense and red zone defense. He's one of the best DCs in the country, and you could argue. That's pro- that's kind of where you know the modern day football is going anyway. Part of that is I think the way they practice and Rod, you know, yeah, we've seen this, this we've seen this done a little bit over the years, but Texas does it a lot where you'll be in stretch and somebody will blow a whistle and be like, all right, goal line period. Oh, just so go. you got to go right from stretch where you're thinking about what I'm going to do to boom, you got to go right to a goal line period. Yeah. Plug you, in, yeah. focus, and it changes every day. It used to be, you know, what I mean, like they'll go something else every day, and then oh no, we're going goal line. Oh no, That's, right now we're going Oklahoma drill. Right now, yeah. damn, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're right. You got to stay on your P's and Q's, and that I think you do. I think you're right. I think it trains you. Yeah, to right? be comfortable in the chaos. Yes, exactly. and that's a big part of it when you look in at crisis. and to get those numbers and that type of production. Because we talk about the cheat code is the turnovers. Yet then, whenever your team turns it over, it isn't negatively affecting you somehow. Yeah. So you're talking yeah. about almost a point of possession that they all year long had not added to that stat. That was down in the low twenties well, early. Sam wasn't turning the ball. Exactly. Over, so so right. it's so <laughs> huge. Yeah, 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 no. So when, and and, those, so did they get any points off turnovers? Kansas did the two interceptions. Just yeah. so invaluable. Whenever that's how other teams are catching up to you, and then in your situation, the few times you do turn it over, you don't allow any points, and basically all that does is shorten the game. It takes away their cheat code, and then now you're playing a 50 minute game because you just wasted the time to get the ball back where you're at. And this is sort of some since we're talking about possessions and trying to steal possessions back. When we're I was talking to Rod about this. Before the show, but I heard on Monday night or it was Sunday night football, Al Michaels talking about the highest insane rate that the NFL coaches are deferring and then choosing to put your defense on the field early on in the game. And if we've reached this point in college football, especially in the Big 12 or at the highest level of the NFL, where you're trading scores and your whole goal is just to get that possession back, why are you forfeiting the first possession? Look at the LSU game. They end up against Alabama going and giving the ball to Alabama. Then Alabama ends the half. So Alabama ends with more possessions than LSU does. And I just don't understand, like, if Texas, say, were to win it, it would be nice to see the coaches take the ball here going forward. Because if we've got to this point where we've almost conceded, like, we're going to be trading scores, we need to steal a possession back, start with that 1-0 advantage on every single possession all the way and make them earn that instead of trying to push it back to the second half so you maybe get that advantage on the back end. just doesn't make sense. No points for Kansas off the two Texas turnovers. It's big. That's big. It's big, man. All right, it's time for our first break on the show, but when we come back, we'll keep the Kansas talk going and then switch gears to the Big 12 championship game. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. You look at this roster, guys, and there's this is a roster that's still got holes. It's not perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not ready to go compete for national championship, but they've been winning ballgames, Rod, like you said, and Gary Patterson had, I think, the best quote that kind of sums up the Big 12. And uh, he was asked about the perception that the Big 12 doesn't play defense, which if you want a good soundbite, go ask Gary Patterson about not playing defense, who's one of the most defensive forward-thinking coaches in this league and in the country. And he said it's not a matter – and I'm paraphrasing here. He said it's not a matter of not playing defense. Winning this league is all about if you're just elite, and and great in one phase of the game. That's really what it is. I mean, in him reference Oklahoma, your face. And he said, "I'd love to see team somebody else try to stop Kyler Murray <laughs> in that offense because I'm glad I don't have to face him twice. Because when you've got a historically elite offense like this Oklahoma offense is, you don't have to be good on defense. They don't need balance. You don't really have to be good on special teams if you're that much you're better that good. than everybody else in that one phase Screw of the game. Every other phase. You don't and like it. you, Rod, yeah. you said it perfectly. That's why Tom Herman can talk about a team overachieving. They're, this isn't a great team in any one phase of the game. You can look at certain statistical categories and situations exactly. where they're really good, but they're really just getting by on playing smart, physical football. Taking care of the football. That's really all it is. Taking yeah. away the football. Yeah, that's really it. Pre- 
It's really time to basics. It's, it's like the kind formula. of boring sometimes. That's why it's it's really you, know, you look at the two things sexy about it. You look at the two things Tom Herman demands of his team, which he talks about all the time, which are ball security and effort. Like this team plays hard. I don't think there's anybody that would dispute that. Mm-hmm. There's never been a game this year where like, man, they're they're dogging it today. They, they don't look like they got it. No, this team plays hard. And yeah, they take care of the football. Yep. It's really – Matt, back to your earlier point about valuing possessions, mm-hmm. not turning the football over. If you follow that – if you're able to follow that formula, which Texas has, getting by on just kind of grit and physicality and toughness and smarts, yeah, that can win you a lot of games, even in this conference. And you pointed out perfectly when you talked about just the balance, and it isn't as if you have anybody that stands out, but – it's literally all the things in the preseason we were asking about with Ellinger not turning it over, becoming a guy that can find Colin and can find LJ. You're getting that. And then when you looked at we wanted to see some passing out of the backfield when you combine Ingram and Trey Watson, 45 or 49 targets, 41 receptions for 260 yards and five touchdowns. Then if you take out the sack yardage, you have three guys over 500 yards rushing. Ellinger at 536, Keontae at 676. You have Watson up at 656. If you combine that, you're talking 1350 rushing just from the running backs, another 250 yeah. receiving on a high target rate, being a, or a high catch rate on multiple, like four, you're over 40 receptions. That was the target point that we wanted to get from a running back. This two headed monster is working really well. And then when you don't turn it over and then your defense gets it back, it's like perfectly yep. balanced for what you want. And it's everything we asked about, even just average play from the offensive line, getting that too. And and then it's a perfect matchup to go up against the per, the ideal Big 12 team in Oklahoma right now. And y'all brought up the historical nature of what Oklahoma's at. And when in the preseason and before the Oklahoma game this year, we talked about how the 2017 and 2016 OU offenses, historically, if you go back from 2010 to now, since you had some of these more advanced offensive rankings come out, you had five offenses that were the best all time. OU 2017, then you had Johnny Manziel 2013, just behind them right around 47.2 47.1 you have Oklahoma 16 and then Cam Newton in 2010 all those are bunched between 47.2 and 46.8 adjusted points per game right now you look at Oklahoma they're at 52.3 this Kyler Murray offense is the best in the history of college football and it isn't even close it's blowing out all the other ones Tua right now Tua's offense would be sixth all time that Alabama offense is great and it's nothing compared to what Kyler Murray's doing Rod you go back and look at the first game uh and and this is where I want to get into the David Beatty situation that Lincoln Riley doesn't seem too happy that uh, Tom Herman's going through, which, by the way, I'm sure Lincoln Riley's got, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury or somebody else, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's got somebody he's consulting this week to he's mad he ain't on his side. For I Texas. mean, you just don't make it official. I, right. just send out a, I just send out a text and say, hey, man, can you uh, got a chance to talk later? <laughs> yeah. that there's. I don't know if you could quantify how much that can help because if that co- phone call or that conversation or however much they correspond this week, if that helps unlock some kind of tweak, some kind of personnel move that maybe Tom Herman's been thinking about doing, but if he hears it from David Beatty, he says, all right, yes, I trust yep. this now. We'll go with this. I like this. That can make the difference between Texas winning and losing. Okay, so let me just – he's not hiring David Beatty as a consultant. No. He's just having a consultation with David Beatty. Yes. Okay, so – There are two friends. Can I just say this? I think this is all a bunch of BS, man. I'm serious. I, I don't think it's nothing. I don't think there's anything to it. Like this happens all the time. It does. It does. Like, literally, this is. I can't believe this is a this story. Happens, yeah, honestly, this happens every week at the college pro level and the high school level. By the way, yes. I agree. Well, and the hits, NFL hits up one of his coaching friends who yes. just played that guy earlier this year, who he doesn't really have to play, or even they, they they may even play, but they're friends, and they go, "Listen, we ain't talking and about And employed us. by a school. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're friends. Just tell me, hey man, I just want to know what's going on with them. Like, yeah, let me give me, give me a little secrets. Let me know what you saw that I ain't see. I may not be seeing. Yep. Happens all the time. So the fact that this is out there to me means Tom Herman wants it out there, and that means he's just screwing with Lincoln Riley and who, throwing based above. on the comments. That Lincoln Riley just had could mean it's already working. And it's because all true. I need you to do is go to practice and start overthinking things. Because hell, your game plan obviously worked. You know what I mean? Like everything worked. Now you're looking at Kansas so, and even, even for Texas versus Oklahoma. So I understand. Yes, you can trying to get advantages, but you also probably have done that multiple times already this year. 
and every year since you've been a coach. But now it's out there. So I think you want it out there because it's a rematch. So mm-hmm. you need I think this is I think this is I think this is this old school kind of gamesmanship. I think he's just kind of going after Lincoln Riley. He knew it would upset him. Uh, that you know, because everybody can say this is highly uncharacteristic. Usually, people don't let people know that this is going to happen. And I know it leaked out there, and it was great reporting by Andrew Richardson. But to me, I think this is Tom Herman. He's just he's just having a little fun with Lincoln Riley. Not a little fun. I think he wants Lincoln Riley to overthink it. Lincoln Riley to go in there and try to. Um, try to do too much, try to, you know, would break his tendencies too much. You know, he thinks I'm going to do this, so I'm going to actually do this. And almost, and almost kind of self-scout himself out of the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I, I think that's part of it. I really do. Like, t- it doesn't just make something- any sense. Well, the story doesn't make any sense. No, really. it, it, to me, Rod, it, it, to me, Rod, it makes perfect sense because I just gave you the backstory. No, no, no. With Beatty and Herman, it doesn't make any sense. The story is out there because that happens all the time. Yeah, and he was what's funny is, no, I, I agree. That's and that's that's not yeah. news. If he was hiring him, it's a story. Yeah. he's hiring him onto the staff. You know right. what I mean? That's, that's a story. That was never going to happen. He was consulting right. him a phone call. Between old friends and he's, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's not news. That's the time Tom Herman said it right. That's not news. Yeah, that so happens all the time. I don't think any of it's really news. I, my point is, this happens all the time, and he was doing this anyway. He's done this already with other coaches. Yeah. My my point right. is, they want they want this out there. They want right. Lincoln to Riley to know this information. The reason being because he wants Lincoln Riley to overthink it, freak out about it, and you know, right? Which tying our stories together, I just gave you, decisions. I just gave you the backstory. Lincoln Riley's got to be thinking, well, hell, I mean, they've been together for a long time. What if there, what if there was something on what that do field? They know? Yeah, exactly. What do they know? Exactly. He freaks out. And so, he makes a bad. What do people do when they fearful and they freak out? Mm-hmm. They make bad decisions. There's that is what people do. No matter if we talk about political or right. social, whatever relationships, when people freak out and they start getting fearful and they start getting insecure, Rational. they make bad decisions. Rod, you're He's trying to turn Lincoln Riley into a bad decision maker. Do something drastic right now. Same thing we did when we replay when we played Colorado I was just again to bring that up, or in yes. 2001 when Carl Boris started to randomly freak out. Yeah. You know what? We got to change up our game plan. It's like, whoa, 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 we beat them thirty by thirty something points early. Don't change the game plan. But they just did thing. this to Nebraska. Like, no, 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 no. This is they, they, they're really hot. They, they, they they're getting they, they figured something out. Let's do this. Let's do something different. And we switched up our defensive game plan and got railroaded. Defensive. There's not they a you're lot. Playing Nebraska again. You know what I mean? Don't there, overthink it, man. There's not a lot that Tom Herman needs to change from his offensive game plan from the first meeting. And to me, Rod, this is the overriding theme from this game and this series the last few years. Texas knows they're more physical than Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't think yeah. they're more physical. They, they don't go into the game hoping to be more physical. They know they can punch Oklahoma in the mouth and at some point Oklahoma will fold. Sorry Sooner fans, that's what happened in the first game. That's how you get down by 21 points going into the fourth quarter. At some point, Oklahoma folded. It just so happens they've got maybe the best college football player in the country, maybe the best football player to ever play high school football in the state of Texas at quarterback, and he leads you to a 21-point comeback. Texas wins at the end. But, yes, that's how you get down. That's And has anybody noticed, like, Oklahoma's defensive issues weren't just magically fixed because they got rid of Mike Stoops. No, they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. Actually, statistically, their their defense is worse. Yes, because they have. <laughs> what do you do when you're massive, You make rational decisions. <laughs> huge, statistically, it's worse. huge personnel deficiencies yeah. on that side of the ball. Guess what? Going up against the Texas wide receivers, the Oklahoma DBs didn't grow three inches and gain twenty pounds. Yeah, they're still the same guys. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So I I like – and going back to the David Beatty thing, I do think if there's something to be found in Oklahoma that maybe Tom Herman didn't see, David Beatty's the kind of guy that can help him find it. I agree with that. But overall, Rod, you made the point I was going to get to. Talk about this psychological warfare between Mm -hmm. these two schools. And there was a point in this series, Rod, and you were a part of some of those (laughs) games where – Oklahoma had the edge psychologically. Oh yeah, people can talk about it, it was a big it's deal. It was the Mac era flipped. It's like everything post Mac sort of went down the crapper, except for somehow we have a mental edge over Oklahoma now. But you know when it changed? Uh, ironically, when it changed, Max last year, mm-hmm, twenty thirteen, when Texas goes up there, and, and my buddy Chris Dukes, who runs uh, the Oklahoma, helps run the Oklahoma uh, fan sided site, I remember we talked the day after that game, and he said, "You know when I realized they were in trouble?" I said, "When?" He said. Texas had a fourth down or fourth and short, third and short early in that game. And they just lined up, and Malcolm Brown got like seven yards before mm-hmm. anybody laid a hand on him. 
And he said, at that point, I realized Oklahoma was screwed. And Texas ran it, I think, 51, 55 times, Jay something Gray like and that. Brown, both yeah, both went over games. 100. Ever since that game, the the big bad beast that was Oklahoma, it's like Texas beat that thing with a stick and buried it that day. It bludgeoned it to death oh, that day in the Cotton Bowl. Because this team. program, Rod, has approached this game totally different than they did before from that point on. And for all the things Charlie Strong didn't do right while he was the head coach of Texas, the one thing he did right, and it's probably because that game, as we talk about, is more like an SEC-style game than any other game on the schedule, Charlie Strong got Texas to play really well in that Oklahoma game. Yeah. And his coaching style lent itself really well to that Oklahoma game. Oklahoma became a bully in the Bob Stoops era, and Mac could never stand up to him, but he did later on once he got Vince, and later mm-hmm. on he learned how to do it. And you're right, since then, yeah, they, they lost that bully mentality. Now they got to kind of reinvent themselves in the rivalry. So yeah. now when we talk about this consulting with Texas and Kansas, and I agree with you, you know, the psychological warfare, this the David, it's Lincoln Ryan talking about David Beatty and Sam Ellinger, or Kyler Murray being asked about Sam Ellinger's game and saying he has no comment on it. Now I think Texas is in Oklahoma's head right now. Because I think that staff, very rarely have they had to deal with failure. Not only do they have to deal with failure, but now they've got to try to go and beat Texas again. And I think Oklahoma knows Texas was the more physical team in the first matchup. How could you not when you go back and watch that tape and know who the more physical team was? So I like the fact that Texas is at a point now in this rivalry where they can kind of play some of those mind games and make mm-hmm. Oklahoma flinch a little bit. I Any little it. thing you could do to give yourself an edge. But, Rod, when we talk about the consultation, the one thing I want to mention that I think could be key is Tom Herman mentioned that the Texas staff talked to Clint Bowen, the Kansas defensive coordinator. We talked did. last week on this show, we talked last week on the Rodcast about how Clint Bowen in the Big 12 is kind of an underappreciated asset because he's been in the league so such a long time. He was on the Mangino staff. He was with Bill Young, which Bill Young, as we know, kind of gave everybody the modern blueprint for what to value defensively in the Big 12. And Clint Bowen kind of learned. He was an offensive guy and then cut his teeth as a defensive mm-hmm. assistant on Bill Young's staff yep. at Kansas back in the mid-2000s. And what was the one thing Kansas was really good at doing this year? Forcing turnovers. 27 forced turnovers, Take third course. in the country at the end of the regular season. And, Rod, when you look at what made the difference in the first matchup between Texas and Oklahoma, it was the two turnovers. Texas got mm-hmm. 10 points off the two turnovers they forced. Yep. Pretty much. That was the difference in the game was those two turnovers. And Kansas was able to force two turnovers on Oklahoma. So it, it, that's something also. And to, Texas in the two turnovers, and Texas doesn't turn the football Yeah, over. and that, <laughs> yeah. That's, mm-hmm. something to, that's something to pick Clint yeah. Bowen's brain because maybe there was something. Now, this is where I think it does get interesting. Maybe there was something schematically that Clint Bowen looked at and said, you know what? We weren't able to do that. But I see Oklahoma's deficient in this area. And guess what, Todd Orlando? You've got the horses to yeah. be able to do this. You've got Caden Stearns and B.J. Foster and Brandon Jones on the back end and Gary Johnson, a linebacker. You've got the speed and athleticism to hang with Oklahoma on the perimeter. I saw this. Maybe you can go take a look at it, but I think you guys can do whatever it is, whatever concept or blitz or whatever mm-hmm. you guys can take and go run with and go have success against Oklahoma with. Totally agree. All right, one last break on the show. We will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on the other side as we give predictions for Texas and Oklahoma round two. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Fragrance makes for dreamy holiday gifts, and Ulta Beauty is the place to get them. So gift your impossible-to-impress daughter an irresistible scent from Clinique My Happy. And gift your hard-to-please sister a fruity and floral scent from KKW Fragrance. And then get ready to gift yourself, too. Because when you buy a fragrance of $50 or more, you'll get a free plush throw or luxury robe for having the good sense to gift great scents. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Uses directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
<sighs> Moving expenses? <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. The wait is finally over. Dell's biggest Cyber Week ever is on. Save big on Cyber Week deals, plus get free shipping on everything. With massive deals on Dell computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors, the hottest gaming gear, and top brand electronics like Google Smart Home, it's a sale you won't want to miss. Just call 800 by Dell or visit dell.com slash cyberweek. Call 800 by Dell for more Cyber Week deals. Are you ready for the intuitive LG V40 Thank You for just $20 a month? Right now at Sprint, you can get the only phone in the market with five cameras to capture moments from every single angle. That's right. You can get the LG V40 Thank You at Sprint for $20 a month, regularly priced at $40 a month with an 18-month Sprint Flex lease. Hurry to Sprint. This limited time offers for new customers with approved credit and a new line of service or existing customers with an eligible upgrade. Need more reasons to hurry to Sprint? Get a free 49-inch LG TV when you lease the V40 Thank You while supplies last. Requires registration at LG.com and a new line of service. There's never been a better time to try our network built for Unlimited. Switch to Sprint today and get your LG V40 Thank You for 20 bucks a month and a free 49-inch LG TV. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Pricing after $20 per month credit. Applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. TV ships in eight weeks. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes tax. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee restrictions apply. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball. Pass the rock. We're open. Just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. The wait is finally over. Dell's biggest Cyber Week ever is on. Save big on Cyber Week deals, plus get free shipping on everything. With massive deals on Dell computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors, the hottest gaming gear, and top brand electronics like Google Smart Home, it's a sale you won't want to miss. Just call 800 by Dell or visit dell.com slash cyberweek. Call 800 by Dell for more Cyber Week deals. I used to post to job boards. Only to sort through tons of resumes. Just to find a few candidates for... My sales team. My hair salons. That old process was... Not not smart. smart. Then I went to ZipRecruiter. Its technology scans resumes for me to find the right people. And actively invites them to apply. So I get qualified candidates fast. Smart. See why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Based on trust pilot rating of hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, we ready for predictions? Let's do yes, it. Let's do it. All right, it's the most Big 12 thing ever that this game, maybe the best game on championship weekend, is kicking off at 11 a.m., but of so, course. Such right. as, it's because we took game, our baby. game away. Texas OU always 11 a.m. And That's you can only blame the Big 12 because you had to let the game disappear, and now there's no time slot to plug it in. At. And by the way, folks, I'll say it again, this game is in Arlington. It's not in Dallas. That's true. In Arlington. In the Dallas yeah. Cowboys Stadium, though, if you want to be technical. Yeah. If you go to Dallas <laughs> looking for the game, you're going to be very disappointed. It's in Arlington. To right, us, Austin that Knights, that's all Dallas. I'm, yeah. I'm a Texan. I, I want people to be proud of where they're from, be proud of your cities. That's like saying, well, I'm going to Austin <laughs> when, you, when you're really going to Pflugerville or you're really going to Round Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Rod, you're from Houston. Say, well, I'm going to Houston. That doesn't help me. What part of Houston are you going to? H-Town, baby. Yeah, seriously, Houston. H-Town's huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, I would say this, the last time the game was played away from Dallas, 1923, last time Texas OU played twice in the season was 1903, I yeah. believe. Oklahoma so. wasn't a state yet. 
Yeah, this is historic, baby. Get it right. You look at that AP uh, that AP uh, dateline. It says Norman OT, Oklahoma Territory. Our, yeah. our oldest American, who's also the oldest veteran, who also is an Austinite, Richard Overton, is like 113. He was almost alive. So nobody in the America was alive when last time this happened. All right, boys. It's time to call our shot, man. This has been uh, it's been an interesting year to watch, but it all comes down to this Texas plan for a conference championship. Matt, start with you, man. What are you thinking? Last time I saw this line, it was about seven and a half. Yep, it uh, actually it started out a little bit below that. Started and, five and a half. Yeah, and it just flew up immediately. Big money got onto it, and it looks like the over unders came down, which isn't good because that's an OU's favor too. That's at about seventy eight, and right now it's at seven and a half. And it's a game that I just uh, I'd love to see Texas win, but I just don't feel like it's gonna happen. And it's gonna be a high scoring back and forth. Now there's gonna be some defense, and I think because. Because OU defense is so bad that Texas will cover with that hook. But by the end of it, it's just, I'd say Texas loses a 42 to 38. Okay. Rod B, mm. what say you? Um, yeah, I, uh, Texas just is not the same team in, in a bad way that they were when they met because Sam Ellinger's held such a big deal. He had the best game of his career versus OU in that game. Um, the injuries to the backfield, the injuries to the in secondary, Brandon Jones, I know he's going to play, Colin Johnson, so many guys that were key contributors in that game are just going to be a little bit hampered by injury. You know, this is a game of interest. That could just be enough. Uh, and, hell, some of those guys were key in forcing turnovers and getting big plays. Um, man, OU, that offense is better, but, man, that defense is so bad. Yeah, I know. It's so bad. That's I, the one thing that made me want to take Yeah, them. you know what, I'm going to go with – you know what? I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I said pull it out a a squeaker, man. It's going to be 40. It'll probably be like 45 to 42 or something like that, Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma can't stop Texas either. Or they could just barely do it mm-hmm. if they did it. So, yeah, I'll take Oklahoma in, in the rematch. That's unfortunate, but, yeah, just not feeling Texas in this one. Uh, not, not, not without a 100% Sam. In this game, I always go who's better along the line of scrimmage. It's always how I try to pick this game. It's true. And guess what? Texas is the better team along the line of scrimmage. Rod, I'll go the the opposite of your score. I'll go the other way. I'll go Texas wins 45-42. Yeah. Hey, man, I hope I'm wrong, too. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, too. Yeah, no doubt. All right. We'll see what happens. I will be at AT&T Stadium. Matt, you'll be watching it, I guess, from the comfort of your own home. Yes, most likely. Rod B. Horn watch party at Pluckers, correct? Yeah, the, uh, I believe the link location, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Ooh, is where we have the watch party. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be early. I was thinking I might go to the bar, and then I was like, no, it's 11 a.m. for this Yeah, watch? but also the uh, post-game watch party. Post-game ah, party there you there. go. So we'll get people to come out and there. celebrate with yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Celebrate or and watch Alabama. Watch me eat some crow. Watch Alabama and Georgia. Or whatever. Yeah. That is literally <laughs> close enough. That's close enough. Yeah. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049 1019 and 1260, streaming on the Horn app and on hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get us anywhere you get your podcasts and always find our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.